Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of RSV Weekly. Shana Tova to everyone. Gemar Chatima Tova. Oh, that's already over. Chag uh, Sameach. Welcome to RZ Weekly, our first edition in Tavshin Pei Aleph. Teheshnat, I don't know, end of Corona. Uh, my name is Ruben Spolter. I'm stuck here in Yad Binyamin. We're here with Mali Bravsky, a rabbi Mali Bravsky. She's stuck in a lunch food. And our Johnny Solomon is hunkering down in, uh, where are you, Johnny? Evan Shmuel. In Evan Shmuel. And we decided this week, uh, in light of the of the hubbub, the, the hubbub, I don't know what that word is, in light of the brouhaha that arose with the, uh, with the Hasidim having to get to Uman, so that got us thinking about Breslover Hasidim. Not in the Uman, na, 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 like party sense, but in the sense of what does the Breslover movement, uh, how, is that, how has that affected uh, the religious Zionist community and the modern Orthodox community? What are the shades that we can see? And what are the implications of the Breslover community? We're not going to talk about, uh, about, about the larger sense per se, but how does it affect us as a sociological community as well as a religious community? And this is also uh, being fueled by right before Rosh Hashanah in Israel, Khan put out a several-part series on Harabi Nachman Breslov, on Breslov Hasidim. A lot of interesting interviews, a bunch of disturbing pictures from Uman, uh, you know, a, a lot of different interesting, interesting things. So I'm, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Johnny Solomon, to Rab Johnny, to tell us a little bit about his perceptions of the, of the I would say the video series. We'll, we'll put a link to it in our, on our Facebook page, a link to the video series at least, uh, so you can find it if you want to watch it in Hebrew. And then, uh, Johnny, how do you see Breslov Hasidut affecting uh, the religious Zionist community. Now, as, uh, well, before I let you answer that question, I would say, in my community where I live, there are, I would say, a small number of people who are, I would say, devout, really devout Breslover Hasidim, who have inculcated the whole Breslover kind of perspective, or it's not just, they don't just go to Karabakh, but they are like, you know, they, they really, they, they do the Simcha and they learn the stuff. But other than that, if you would ask me, do I see, you know, really the infiltration of Reservoir Hasidut in my communal life, I would have to say, no, I really don't see it at all. So what are you talking about? Okay, so um, let, let's just go on a brief journey, at least in terms of my experience. You know, having lived in the UK, I knew of Rabbi Nachman, I knew that uh, numerous works were published by primarily his students, Rabbi Natan and the, the scholarship about Brest of Hasidut was growing and since then has very much expanded. But nevertheless, Brest of Hasidim were encountered, you know, near Kivrei Tzadikim. If you go to some of the graves of uh, Kevel Binyamin, which is very near where some of my family are, Nikfar Saba, Brest of Hasidim would oversee that place um, and there'd be in other uh, uh, institutions or or settings, and you'd see people trying to give out little pamphlets of breasts of Torah, but, but kind of like I thought it was a cute thing, a small movement of people who are fans of a particular Rebbe who spoke to them. But having moved here eight years ago, I came to realize that Breslov is a very, very powerful national here in Israel and global movement. And it's not just a movement as an expression of Hasidut, but it's also an intellectual movement which is touching the hearts and minds of many more people than you would necessarily uh, uh, expect. In general, we think of Hasidim as publicly aligning to certain groups, and often we determine that by dress. But what we saw in the show uh, Rabbeinu is though there are a number of people who publicly wear clothing which seem to be suggestive of their belonging to the Breslov communities, there are many people wearing many different hats who still find that type of Torah speaking very, very deeply to them. And what particularly struck me was in episode three where Rav David Menachem said, you know, prior to disengagement, Rav Cook was considered to be the spiritual heir and guide of many people in religious Zionism. And since disengagement, many of those same people have turned to the Torah of Rabbi Nachman to find themselves more spiritually fulfilled. And I thought that was quite remarkable. Wait, and it led us wait, to- Wait, wait, wait a second. Do you think it's true? I think it's... Uh, no, I'm asking you, in, in your life, in your experience, in the people that you talk to, 
Do you, does anybody, has anybody in your life in the past month quoted you a saying of Rabbi Nachman? I'll tell you, not, not only yes, I'll tell you something even more. If you recall, I don't know if we actually had a session on it, there was an article in Makorishon about a year ago saying that Torah of Cook is no longer center place in religious Zionist Yeshivot. I visit various different institutions and I can tell you that the Sfarim of Rabbi Nachman and those who, ex, who exp, uh, espouse his teachings are now very much uh, de jour in, in the conversations in Shirim. So I do believe that... Uh, so it, it's interesting. Shift. So I'll just I'll say, when you talk about schools, I, I would totally agree. I mean, I said I said my children to a school, Mekoch, uh, Mekoch Chaim, that's fundamentally, I would say, founded, based, connected to, you know, very, very uh, strongly to that outlook. But I don't think most schools are like, unless, unless I don't know most schools. I mean, Molly, let, let's talk about the schools you send your other kids to. My daughter went to a mainstream school, and maybe you've heard of it. It's called Upanat Eben Shmuel. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say Rabbi Nachman was, a, I, I never heard my daughter quoting Rabbi Nachman's. I think Makoch is unique. Molly, your children, are, are, they, are they getting full-on Breslover, you know, Ruach, or not really? Okay, so, so so the way I want to answer your question, first of all, I want to just very quickly also do, talk a little bit about my background. Well, I, we're going to come back to Johnny, but I'm saying, like, it's okay, one so thing to say something, you know, it's something okay. to make an academic right. okay, claim. So, I want to know if it's true in our lives. Okay, so yes, it is true. Because, Ruby, what is happening, you, you might not be experiencing it, but there is... <laughs> in my bubble. In your, in your yeah, no, there is a... There, I mean, people are talking about neo-chasidut, Right. To me, and again, what you know, I don't want to interrupt Johnny. Maybe we'll go back to Johnny. But what I want to talk about is, to me, like the, the all the pieces of the puzzle came together actually when I was thinking about Makor Chaim. And my son, my son is not a Makor Chaim. He's in is in Well, he's very happy there. Um, but we considered Makor Chaim, and we considered it quite seriously. And I and I couldn't figure out Makor Chaim. And I was trying to figure out what is this place? Like like what is it? Like. I know they're more emotional. I know they're into chassidut. I, I just I can't understand what they are until finally Nafalia Asimona had a very long conversation with a mother who described her child's experience in Makoch. I was like, oh, I get what they are. They are the religious answer to postmodernism. That's what they are, and that's Rav Shagar. That's Otni. Oh. That's Makoch. Wait, these are wait, these are keywords. These are keywords. You have to pull them out because I I, okay. I don't understand all of them. Okay, so Okay, so so basically, I'm sorry. You, does, does Johnny want to finish first, and then I'll I'll. Yeah, I was going. I was, I just want to know if it's true. Yeah, I think I do yeah. want Johnny to finish, and then we'll go back to your point. I mean, okay. if Johnny, so if you think it true? it's true? Yes. I mean, I see it. True. I see it in the songs, like you know, in the popular songs. Yeah. Ruby, there is a, to that. There is a movement. There is a change I mean, uh, in in. No, no, uh, okay. sorry, Maybe made are are not our age. I'm asking you, like my peers. I mean, I have a Rabbi Natan book, and every now and then I pull it out. It has these like, I, I don't even know how to use the word pithy. Really deep sayings, very beautiful sayings, but and they're nice when I read them. But then I go back to my life. I can't say that it's like an influence. Where do you see it, Johnny, in, in, in your daily life, in, in, in the daily life of adults? Of not, well, let, let's just, let's just uh, take a step back. I should firstly also say one of my daughters in Upanet uh, Shmuel, another is in Neveta Kalim, and I learn with my daughters on, on a weekly basis. And she brought home a book a few months ago about Emunah, and a lot of it is based on the teachings of Rabbi Nachman. And Upanet uh, Neveta Kalim is, you know, is, is considered to be a very normative um, uh, religious Zionist. Wait, this was Although a Ministry should... of Education book, or it was a, it was just a safe. No, it's a, uh, just no, just a learning book that they gave out. But just go, to go back to your question, you know, um, as a as somebody who hasn't grown up in the religious Zionist education system, I know statements of Rav Cook. But what I've never done is systematically learnt the Torah of Rav Cook in the order in which people encounter it within those settings. And I think in a similar way. I know pithy statements of Rabbi Nachman, but I also have never studied systematically the Torah of uh, Rabbi Nachman. And what we need to know is, while we may be slightly more familiar with that organized study of Cook, or at least uh, be aware that that's done in certain institutions, know that in many other institutions, true, you have the songs of Rabbi Nachman, but there is profound depth in his teachings and those recorded by students and those modern interpreters of that, which are directly channeled into the life choices of, of, uh, of current learners of that Torah. Let me just give you one brief contrast, referring to that 
shall we say, replacement in some respect or another of Rabbi Nachman to Rav Kook. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I do believe that it's happening. Um, uh, I believe that Rav Kook, and this is what David Menachem said, Rav Kook speaks about the future, whereas Rabbi Nachman speaks about the present. Uh, Rav uh, Bresov deals with the self, whereas Rav Kook spoke about the nation. Rav Spook, Kook dealt with ideology, whereas Brestov deals with relationships and personal relationships with God. Rav Kook spoke to some people, whereas Brestov speaks to all. And, and these are ideas that I drew from the Khan series and, and from what he says. And I believe that this shift from the collective identities that we knew of to the personal individualistic identities that we see today, uh, that shift between large prayer to stabilization is also expressive in this a deeper interest in, in uh, fostering a personal connection with God and trying to find a voice that helps me find my voice. And so all of this, I think, is part of a very, very... Well, I, I, I don't understand. Picture. If I'm working on... I really, I really don't understand. I'm trying to understand. If I'm working on my sense of emunah and my, my desire to, to be more accepting of the things that happened to me and my lack of control and be, being okay with that, I'm not doing it because Rabbi Nachman B. Breslov told me to do that. Am I? Or maybe it's just seeping into my consciousness he and I've heard you. it somewhere. It's about, it's about hearing a voice. That Meaning you talk about talking about the present. Right. Yes, Rabbi Nachman talks about the present. Rabbi Nachman talks about the self. But but I'm not thinking about myself because Rabbi Nachman talks about it. I'm thinking about myself no, because my, about myself everything about myself, in the world around me tells Torah, me to worry about myself. Baruch, and I'm trying to find Torah that it doesn't compromise spirituality but still responds to that current need to to channel that self-growth, which is very much part of the contemporary spiritual longing that we see uh, on a on a daily basis. Okay, we're gonna go to Mali. I don't. I don't. I still. You. You've shown me trends. I. Ha, I. You, you've shown me. You've. You've described. Uh, I'm just telling you what I hear. You've described. Yes. I, I, if you would ask me, does the religious Zionist world follow Rav Cook? No, not at all. I don't think so. I think they left Rav Kook a long, long time ago. They moved over to Rav Tzvi Yehuda. I think there was a, a, a building up, a building up the land, and there's a big mashber after the a big frustration. Even I would say even before the 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 disengagement, the Hitnatkut, even before that, I think the, the the you know the passion and the fervor waned quite a bit. I think that our that the idealism that was that that was in 1967 that crazy idealism of you know coming and building the land it has definitely definitely you know it's it's on a simmer now in many many different areas you just don't feel people like people are wonderful people but that sense of passion and mission and building something you know I don't think it's a lack of a cook I think it's in general so if you, I still I, I I understand what you're saying I think Rabbi Nachman the teaching of Rabbi Nachman have a lot to speak to perhaps the youth of this generation, perhaps it's young people, but I, I still, I'm not seeing it in, in the lives that myself or my peers, my children maybe more because they went to these yeshiva, the ones that went, but, but in, my, in my communal life, you know, I don't see it. I, you know what I'm saying? I like, I know a guy that goes to Uman and I don't really get it, but, and I'm, I have no intention of getting it, but more than that, I don't see it. Molly. Okay, so, so first of all, just to, to kind of parallel... And I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be argumentative. I really want to understand. Yeah, okay, I'm so I'm trying to thing. understand. Okay, so first of all, just again, I want to parallel John, I just want to explain what my background is in Rabbi Nachman. So I, I read a book, a uh, scholarly work on him called Tormented Master by Arthur Green, which was amazing and wonderful. Um, besides that, you know, I've picked up Likutema around here and there and learned it while I've studied Jewish philosophy. Um, but, but I also never immersed myself in the Torah of Rabbi Nachman. But what, I'm, what I am seeing is, and, and I want to thank Johnny for pointing us to this documentary series on, um, on Israeli television called Rabbeinu. Um, I think that it was, it, for me, it was fascinating to, to watch this documentary about Rabbi Nachman. And I think what it crystallized for me is the kind of the question you're asking, which is, first of all, I think this movement is exploding, Ruby. And it could be that it hasn't hit you yet, but it's exploding faster than you can possibly imagine. Um, and the ways that oh, by the way, I have not to be against it. I, I think it's a beautiful thing. Okay, I, I have so, problems with it, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Okay, I'm not like so, if I sound against it, I'm really not. No, no, no. I just want to describe what I think is happening. Right? What what I think is happening sociologically. Um, so just to just to before I explain that, where do I see it? Right? I see it first of all. There's there's an explosion of yeshivot that are in in this headspace. Okay, it's like a whole new thing. 
right again, and it's Otniel, and it's all of the, it's all the Otniel satellites. Um, there are high schools that are like this. I, 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 okay, let me let me talk about what I think has happened. And by the way, even in, not in those yeshivot, in what's called the Mishulash HaMerubah, like the square yeshivas, which are, you know, Maladumim and um, uh, the Gush, and what's the third one in the Mishulash HaMerubah? What's the third very square yeshiva? <laughs> the third square yeshiva. Shouldn't it be four? And... Karen Biyavne. Probably Karen Biyavne. Yeah, Karen Biyavne doesn't even, I don't think it's considered a yeshiva, like a, it's still getting Hester uh, guys. Whatever, my mind yeah. is blanking. I would include I would include any yeshiva that's oh Yerucham, of course Yerucham, and I would include any other yeshiva whose Russia yeshiva are influenced by the Gush, right? So I would include it. No, though obviously also every other is influenced. So it's also true about Neil, but never mind. I would include a Rosh and then Merubah, even though it has a lot of things that are not Merubah about it. But it doesn't have this. What, I, what's this? This that I'm describing. Okay, now basically in this in this documentary, the one of the things they said was Rabbi Nachman anticipated the sociological movement that was going to hit like like uh, i don't know how many years whenever he lived right how many years ago did he live he died in 1810 okay so we're talking about how many years ago that's about 200 around 200 years 200 years before it hit okay so what movement are they talking about now when i say postmodernism postmodernism is a catch-all phrase it's very um broad but when i say postmodernism what i'm talking about is a movement that um Really, its roots are in what I would call ontological uncertainty and doubt, right? Meaning, Ruby, you're modern. You're a modern person. All of your structures, all your ways of thinking are modern. Our children are living in a postmodern world. They're living in a place of doubt. And because they're living in a reality where they're told there are no absolute answers to your doubt. End of our cousin. That's not, what, that's not your place, right? That's not, that's not the world of Rav Cook. That's not the world of Soloveitchik. Those, those are worlds that have room for doubt, but what but both Ruth Cook and Ruth Soloveitchik will say are, there are answers. Maybe you can't understand them, maybe, you know, humans can't understand them, but there is ultimate truth. Postmoderns say, I don't know if, the, I, I, I don't even ask if there's truth. Again, think of Rav Shagar, I don't go to that place. I stay in my place of doubt. I, my religious experience exists in my place of doubt. It exists in my place of conflict, and Maybe because of that, or maybe this is a side piece, it's also very much about my own individual experience. My own individual experience of um, of religiosity as a place of, of my personal grappling with doubt. That is the fundamental like hallmark of the modern mm-hmm. experience. Now, that leads, essentially, if, if, if you're just going to have that and you don't have an answer... You're, you're, you're in nihilism. You're in meaninglessness, right? So what, what, what Neil Chassidut provides and what Rabbi Nachman, I think, is the father of providing is a way to, to provide a religious answer to people who live in that space, right? What they're saying is, it's okay. Take your doubt, take your individuality, and, ch- and that's your religious experience right there, right? That's Rabbi Nachman. And I, I think that, that that's, it's, it's, it's exploding for that reason because it speaks to people. It speaks to mm-hmm. really powerfully. Um, so I, can, I, can, can I give you, as I always do, the cynic, my yeah. cynical perspective that I hear? Rav Cook is making demands. Or the Musa movement says, in order to be a good Jew, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But I'm not going to compliment you for it. I'm not going to hate you, but I'm certainly not going to say you're a good Jew. Comes along this Breslover whatever, and says, be yourself, do whatever you want, and Hashem still loves you. And I don't have to feel guilty about not doing the things that I know I'm supposed to do anymore because okay. I'm just being myself. Listen, I, that's, I is, 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 that's what Be-nu, I got Ruby? from that video. Be-nu. That's exactly what I got Be-nu, from Be-nu, that video. Be'nenu and all of our listeners, right? So <laughs> this is like, you know. But, I, think so, I think I'm being too honest. Maybe I'm just being no, too no, honest. No, no, no. I'm going to have I personally believe, I personally believe that Rav Nachman would be horrified to learn that people think that that he he felt that way, okay. I think he'd so, be horrified. Correct, but that's, that's what it's become. I agree. But again, Benino and all of our listeners, at the end of the day, that's why I decided to not send my child to an institution that was based on this philosophy, because um, I, I, I fundamentally don't believe in postmodernism. I think it's dangerous. I think it's unhealthy, and I think part of it is that. 
I, there's no, I, 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 I don't believe in so a philosophy. So I have my second child in that institution and I, I'm not, I don't experience that at all. I don't think it's anything Okay, like so that's that. great. That's fabulous. But I was like, that is not for me. I'm, I'm still raising my children on the idea that there is truth, that there is God, there is mechuyavut. So if you think that's a, just well, to make it clear, wait, 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 in the, 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 the people of Nachman don't think that there's truth, God. Of course they do. Of course they do. But what I'm saying is if you're, if you're built on, on the foundation of, of a postmodern perspective, there's just a lot of place that's not where I am religiously. Um, but I want to say something positive now about it. Okay. You know, I, I, really, I want to, you, I want to unpack what you just said. I didn't, maybe I really didn't understand what your perception of, of Bresov or Hasidut is because what you just said, the last thing you no, just no, said, no, like, that's like Hasidim. red I'm flag. Not talking about I'm not talking about the Breslover Hasidim, but, but I'm talking about, and this will tie back into what I wanted to say before. I'm talking about the explosion of popularity of Rabbi Nachman across all us, all um, sectors of Israeli society. Dati, Chiloni, um, Haredi, it, it's everywhere and it's exploding. And I think, again, it's because it speaks to this. Now, now another, and again, to, to say a positive thing about it, Ruby's shaking his head, you guys can't hear it. It's driving me crazy. But one of the... No, I, I, wait, stop for one second, because I have to interrupt and tell you, one of my children said, they were watching with me this video, and he said to me, he said, you know, it really reminds me of early Christianity, that, okay, that, that God loves you. That wait, just wait, God so wait, loves wait, wait. You. Okay, can I just say... I said to him, to be Johnny, it's okay. I said to him, in order to make that statement, you have to know a lot more about early Christianity. Okay, right. And to, <laughs> and to be Muhammad's chus on what's happening, right? To me, another fascinating part of this sociology is um, that that the there was a certain... Um, what's the English word for hitnasut? I don't want to say arrogance, but a certain... Um, elitism. Hitnasut. Elitism, elitism. yeah, or, or like self-righteousness. Maybe that's the word. Um, in the... In, in the religious Zionist world, um, you know, and, and the whole cure of we're going to teach you, but we are enlightened and you're less enlightened, even though that wasn't so what Cook believed, but as you said, that's how it's developed. Rabbi Nachman, and, and this is what I find so fascinating, we've had these conversations over and over about how Israeli society is becoming um, perhaps less right, perhaps less um, like across the spectrum, um, halachically um, stringent. But it's becoming more homogeneous in its spirituality, its identification as Jewish, and its identification as as connected to God. Right? There's a lot. Everybody's spiritual in this country at this point, except for like you know, the, my not like there's this little group still holdouts in Tel Aviv who are like losing their minds because they don't understand what's happening all around them. But Rabbi Nachman, this this whole stuff is the great equalizer. Right? So you say it's like early Christianity. Exactly. Right. That's Meaning you don't have to know anything. Was. You don't have to keep your mitzvah. No, you don't no, have no. to have studied it's anything. That. It's not about that. It's that I'm not going to judge you. You and God, you and God are in your own relationship. You are going to go to your hospodidus. You're going to walk out into the fields and you're going to talk to Hashem and you're going to pour out your heart. And right. that's you and God. And it's I'm not totally in favor of that. I'm totally in favor of that. But then the next line is... And I like I'm not here to judge you. I'm totally in favor of that. But you forgot the next line. God is. He's hey, judging you. But Beseder, but nobody says that. One second. Because but but to say that, you have to believe that you know the truth about what God wants from individuals, right? That is a very modern thing to say. And I agree with it, right? But what I said is modern or yes. what I said is, is it's not postmodern, it's modern. modern. When you mean modern, modern, you mean modern like, you know, like 18th century Germany or whatever. I mean, but I say like, you know, until, again, I don't know when this whole postmodernism took over the reality, but like 1980s, 1990, mm -hmm. we were still in the... Real, but not Jewish reality. Not yes, reality. it's everywhere you think. Well, of course it Johnny, is. Johnny, please. Everywhere. Johnny has... I, I let's let Johnny get a word in. One second. I think you're at times unkindly misrepresenting. Me, uh, the authentic teach. I, I'm, I'm, I say you collectively. I'm not trying to forget. Well, Wait, I want to just say one thing before. No, you I, I'm really I'm not, again. I'm I keep saying this. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you what my eyes. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the outside guy. Generation. I'm telling you what my eyes see. I'm telling you what my eyes see. I'm okay. telling you what I see. The whole point. Yeah. Sorry, Mali. Do you want to say something? No, I just want to say that I'm not saying that this is what Rabbi Nachman would believe. It could be that Rabbi Nachman would be horrified at you know the way he's being used in many places. I'm just saying that. The, the, it's like the perfect storm. The way, like, the, the things he says and the, 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 the way that he talks about religious service and religious, religious worship and religious relationship with God 
and the crisis of post-modernity hit each other in such a way that he is the answer for people who are, spe who are speaking spirituality. And again, I'm using he as like a, it's not just him. It's, it's, it's again, it's, it, what do you think is going on? Why, why, are, why are people running to neo-Hasidut? Certainly in Israel, America might be a whole different conversation, but it's because it's offering this. Well, firstly, let, I agree in, with, with those last sentiments. I think where I take issues, first and foremost, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov speaks about mitzvot, you know, perpetually. The notion of all mitzvot, is, of course, is a central value in his teachings. And he's not giving people a pass not to do what they need to be doing. In fact, I'd say even more, he's insisting that people do what a lot of people have forgotten to do. But the, the problem with this conversation is we are measuring what, this phenomenon based on what we see. And the whole issue is there are so many people who have profound spiritual yearnings and hunger who on the outside seem quite satisfied or seem quite ordinary but are hungry to be stimulated their their soul is yearning for connection and they don't get it from the traditional uh synagogue service they don't get it from the classic learning and all of a sudden they encounter torah that speaks to them which is authentic from a hasidic rabbi living 200 years ago who doesn't seem to know the modern world and yet seems to be able to speak directly to the modern world is able to talk to them about what they should be doing, not what they're exempt from doing, but, in, but while acknowledging the crises that people encounter in the modern world. And I Again, think I would call it the postmodern world. Wait, 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 one second. Okay, this, one second, one second. Yeah. I, so I think we need to divide between two different things. When Molly says there's an explode, there's two, so then we're talking about two different Breslevs. There's the Breslev of Johnny, of authentic religiosity, of the study of the works of Rabbi Nachman, of the understanding of what, what he tried to accomplish, of the, the learning, the philosophical, and the study. Okay? That is, to my it's mind, as a, it's ex experiential. As, as a modern, not postmodern Jew, I, I honor that, I treasure it, I respect it. It is definitely not exploding. It is a small subset of wonderful people who have that yearning and who also have the authenticity in them to do that search and to do the hit bodedut. I have so much respect for that. When you talk about an explosion, the explosion that we're talking about of 50,000 people running to Uman has nothing to do with that. Literally nothing to do with that. And, and when you talk about the explosion of you know, the popularity of the music and the individuality, it has nothing to do with anything that Johnny just described. It has much more to do with Molly's description of post-modernity and someone saying, I want to be spiritual, and I heard about Rabbi Nachman, and I went to a rave by some religious lady who speaks about the Rebbe, and the Rebbe saved me, and I was at the Kever. And it's like this incredible non-Jewish experience. That's something that I see, but, that I think, wait, that I find. Wait, 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 we're, we're talking about two different, two different phenomenon so, no, that are occurring not. at the same time. They're the same phenomenon. They're just happening in two different populations. And, the, and they're happening in two different ways because the two populations relate to religiosity and Judaism in different ways. But, but, but really, what One is religious. And one is socio-cultural. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say what? that that all those Israelis? Forget about if you talk about running to Umar, I'm talking about the Hasidic Breslov. Leave them alone. I'm talking about the non non the classic Chilonim, right? Who are running to Breslov, either to Uman or to Breslov. I'm I'm actually happy. I'm happy that they're finding an expression of spirituality. And if, you remember how they used to go to India in the 80s? Remember that's where everybody found their spirituality, and it's still they still go to India. All those people still go to India. Do. But what I'm saying is. If, 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 if there are people who are replacing India with Rabbi Nachman, I'd much rather they do it through Rabbi Nachman. And, and that's part of, 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 to me, the like... Molly, you're asking for trouble. Melting pot. Now, again... Because I, when they I, go to India, course, then they don't think they're going to Judaism. But I... Listen... You're asking for trouble. We've had this conversation well, before, right? Where, where, I, where you have said that you, you really believe that, like, you would like to see the majority of Israelis Shomrei Torah with vote. And I, I happen to think... And again, I'm I, have, I've said that. I don't remember saying that. Remember we okay. had like I mean, you know, you wouldn't, conversations. You wouldn't want to be okay, people to show my I'm going to get stoned for this, right? But um, I really believe that if you look at the time of the Gemara, right, I don't think there was ever a time when the majority of, Jew, of, of Jews, let's say, living in Eretz Israel under an Israeli hegemony, I don't know, maybe the majority. There was always a sizable percentage that were not Shomrei Torah mitzvot, but they looked to the rabbinic figures as 
their leaders. They consider themselves Jewish, right? They were not Haverim, they were Amei Haaretz. How many were really Prushim, right? How many were, were, were really Haverim, right? Who you could count on to be really Shomer Torah Mitzvot. So if I'm going to say that, that if I'm going to be realistic about uh, a Jewish commonwealth in which we're all Jews, um, I, I, and I'm going to hope for a maximum number of people who are halakhically committed, right? And again, I'm with you, Ruby. I'm not sending my kids to these yeshivot. I'm not educating them towards this because I'm, I don't like the postmodern piece of it. But for, for, for the people... See, but I disagree with you. I am sending my kid to the yeshiva because he's A, he's, he's exhibit A, not the exhibit B there, that you talked about. The I'm in favor of exhibit but A. But I'm saying, so I'm not even, even farther than you. I'm saying... Even Exhibit A, which I think is fabulous, and I'm happy that my kids are learning Rabbi Nachman in their yeshivas, I don't want them in a milieu that is fundamentally neo-chassidut because it has issues that, that bother me. And at the same time, I'm very, very happy if people, as, 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 as Johnny said, people who are searching and thirsting for spirituality and are drowning in a world that, that's, that's meaningless otherwise are finding meaning in the Torah of Rabbi Nachman. That's terrific. What's, my, what's, what's a, better action, a better option is, is um, as you said, Empty rave parties, uh, drinking and drugs. No, it's worse living, having an empty rave living. parties with drinking and drugs and wanton sex under the name of Judaism. Okay, I don't trust think me. That's what they're doing. That's what you. Oh, uh, I think yeah. that that's not fair. I think a lot of these people are. are really? Have you have you heard about what really happens in 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 uh, in Uman? Say that. Of course, there are horrible things that go on in Uman. I'm not disagreeing with that. I, 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 but again, I think that there are a lot of people. Who, for whom Rebbe Nachman is feeding a spiritual hunger. And I'm happy. I'm happy that they have... I'm sorry, Mari. Did you hear the way they on the video they talk about the Rebbe? Like, I, the Rebbe spoke to me? Was that Jewish to you? Excuse me, one second. I, what I was going to say is... But that's a whole different... All of a sudden, you're giving all other chassidus a pass, right? Have you ever been to a tish? Yeah, I, mean, I, when I, mean, I was in the 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 I went to relatives, tens of thousands of people swinging and davening, right? Getting shiram from the Rebbe, but you got an issue with people speaking about Rabbi Nachman? I mean... Basically, either you, one can say, I don't buy into Hasidus yeah. of the Rebbe, which I have to make and it clear, that, I'm yeah. not a Hasid. Again, again I'm, to, I'm distinguishing in my mind between uh, Hasidut, Hasidut, Rabbi Nachman, A, authentic, Shomay Torah, Mitzvot, people who strive Ruby, to use... that's I'm more scared of the Rebbe. Strive I'm to use the teachings... Out. Let me finish. Strive yeah. to use the teachings of Rabbi Nachman in order to come closer to God versus this popularistic, irreligious... You could do whatever you want. You could be who you want to be. Just go do it, go do it in the forest and scream out to God and have her rave parties and find God that way. I find that incredibly dangerous. Incredibly okay, dangerous. I, I More dangerous. I tell you, when, when I, when I found and, out... And, and Johnny, the Hasidu, the people that are the Hasidim are, are in A. They're not in B. When, no, first and foremost, wait, wait, what just, are you saying? The pe- no, I'll just say one thing, okay? Rabbi Rev Berland, I almost died. I had no idea that he was a Rabbi Nachman... Um, Hasid, right? That's an example of the cult of, of Hasidut and the cult of rabbinic authority going so terribly wrong. It can't be more terribly wrong than that. Okay? And those people are con- the people who follow of Berlin, those are the actual Hasidim. You might want not, maybe could not call them authentic Hasidim because they're following somebody who is a um, uh, travesty of, a, of humanity. But that's much more dangerous to me than some. Ali, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I really who, prefer who you, if you would if you wouldn't temper your language. I mean, don't. Back. <laughs> Come on. I, I don't know. By I the am, way, I am happy to go on record and say that, like, it is a travesty um, the way that man is not um, um, roundly condemned, and that anybody who follows him has not it does not come out and say this is. This is scandalous. All right, but we're mixing two different things. But no, but what I'm telling not, you is that's the culture of the What happens in Oman and drugs and things like that? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry. Well, you know, just to go talk about Berlin for a second, though, he came to speak in Kiryat Gat uh, about four years ago, and not only did I protest against it, I actually went inside and I saw, you know, who are these people who are coming to these events? And it was packed thousands of people. Sfardim, Ashkenazim, all different ages and stages, men and women. Now, the fact that, I, again, I was there not just protesting, the police had to pull me out. That's a whole different story. Feel free to read my post, Facebook post from the time. But nevertheless, why are people there? Because people want to believe in something. In this really confusing world where we've created this sense of elitism, Amcha, the average person, 
needs to try and find a doorway where they feel fulfilled through their limited learning. And that's what Hasidism is all about. And there's various different types of Hasidism, and Rabbi Nachman is one of them. And, and we could, I don't think we've gone sufficiently uh, in depth in terms of nuance of the type of Torah which he brought to the world. But nevertheless, that Torah speaks to the individual. That Torah speaks to a growing, yearning person. And people are going to these events, notwithstanding the fact that he was speaking there, which is shameful, and they're trying to hear something that's going to lift their souls. Because they're not getting it from the institutions. They're not getting it from the average schools. Because there's a huge number of people who are walking away from the classic model that you and I may well have grown up with, but it's, it's not talking to them. And so, yeah, sometimes, just as Rav Cook celebrated the secular Israeli who he saw in what they did with their hands, notwithstanding the fact it wasn't a religious framework, they were Nitzatok from people who were going to parties and hearing stories of Rabbi Nachman and saying, I feel a little bit closer. It's not my way. I'm not in any which way endorsing what is being done or not done. But I'm saying, as Mali said, this is a phenomenon and it's a growing one. And it's one which, uh, as this series demonstrated, isn't just separate to uh, the religious Zionist movement, but in fact, it's becoming a very, very centered place within it. And it's necessary because th there are people, like you said, I think you said before, like, my Noah Gvaot, like, what do they need a Rey Nachman for? No, Noah Gvaot Afghan needs a Rey Nachman because their cook doesn't talk to them anymore because the religious Zionist world failed them because. Um, they believe that if they just followed Eretz Yisrael HaShlema and Rav Kook, everything would be great. And it wasn't great. And there was Hitnakut, and they were expelled from their houses, and they were completely broken and lost and destroyed. And and giving them, Rabbi Nachman gave them an answer. So they, they were... To, to, that, well, that first of all, let's not, let's not blow things out of proportion. There are plenty of people who underwent Hitnakut who are living normal lives. They of found a course. couple of people... They found a it's couple not, of young people. Ruby, it was a, if you look, just watch Hanan Ben-Ari um, performing his song about the Hitnakut, right? Ima, Ima Yitzi Yacho, right? There's, there's, it was beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. He performs it with his father. Hanan Ben-Ari, right? He's about as far from, you know, um, Noar HaGvaot as you could possibly imagine. The Hitnakut was a tremendous shever for the religious Zionist community. No, 100% it was a shever, but that doesn't mean that it's, but, they're going to not to Rabbi Nachman. They're not all. Because the there the are some is, that are finding their I mean, Aaron Razel was also at the Hitnakut, and he went to the Yeshivish movement. That's yeah, right. Part of the problem is, again, it's not the Torah of Kukla's problem. It's a way it was taught, meaning yeah, the problem is of Kukla was a profound Jewish thinker whose Torah should be speaking to people now as it did before, but people were selective. They were manipulatively mm -hmm. selective. And in so doing, uh, there was a sense of estrangement from that world, that Torah, those priorities. And people kind of wanted to set a reset. And again, we're using our cook not to say that he's done anything right or wrong. Don't forget, these are the followers. You should say the followers of the Tzvi Yehuda, right? And the politicization, and we know all that happened. But people wanted to find something different. And in, in, in the series, in Rabbeinu, you had a fa family who were basically coming from the classic religious Zionist world, who went through that kut, right? Whose kids veered towards Rabbi Nachman. And the mother, do you remember, she was crying and she was saying, mm -hmm. basically, you saved us. You gave us a new hopeful, of, uh, kind of optimistic, um, soulful way of looking at the world, which responds to crisis that we experienced, which was driven by that. And there's something very, very... You know, stirring about those moments. I agree with you. I think it's all it's it's wonderful. I think for people looking for uh, a way of faith, I I think that's tremendous. But all of my and I'm not commenting on that at all. And I don't. I understand what you're saying. I mean, I don't know. I I, I worry about the effects of a mass movement that isn't fundamentally based upon. Uh, you know, it's it like you said, spirituality. Is it good that people are spiritual? That's fine. If that's what all they want to but have, that's be, all fine. But, but then but let's not cure ourselves into think that... Which was, we know right now, we're in pretty serious trouble too. What's that? I, mean, this, if, I, I agree that there is cause to be worried. Trust me, I, I'm not, uh, you know, just uh, a dispassionate observer to these, to these trends. Uh, I have also concerns. But nevertheless, many of the concerns you've raised aren't limited to that movement. It's just the fact that there's a broader range of people who feel associated to, with this movement 
than necessarily the Hasidic movements, the so-called classic, classic Hasidic movements, which are now so relegated as to be forbidding of any change. In fact, just today I was listening to one of the recent editions of Headlines Radio and discussing the metamorphosis of, of the Gera uh, movement and how it went from an open-minded approach to being something much more narrow and they've under, also undergone a Sheva themselves. So, meaning Hasidism has actually betrayed some of the core values of Hasidism. And what a lot of people who want okay, so to be modern orthodoxy. Hasidism, Let's be honest. No, but, but Johnny saying so is modern orthodoxy. Right, Johnny <laughs> saying that what what Nachman is doing, it's it's like, and this is something that I realized. I was like, we're we're back full circle to Hasidut, right? Hasidut was right. being the Amcha who weren't able to be so educated, who didn't have a connection to spirituality. It gave them a different path, and it, it and it, it gave them all a level playing field. And we're back. Uh, wait, 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 one second. Hasidut gave the religious community who was searching for a way, who couldn't find it, who was shunned intellectually. It gave the Eastern Europeans who were shunned a sense of place and value and worth. But these people were religious people. These people were spiritual people. These people were looking for a sense of religiosity, a sense of worth that even if I'm not, you know, the Vilna Gaon, I still worth something. And the Hasidim came along, Hasidim came along and said, yes, you are, Kadosh Baruch who loves you too. Okay. That's not the phenomenon. That is Wait. not. And they said but, that but to the Yid, and the Pintaliyid well, is still. Pintaliyid was a person of Emuna with Shomer Mitzvah. Ruby. So that Pintaliyid, that's but, what we're talking but, but about. Now that we're in the state of Israel, right? And you've got a whole bunch of Jews who malasot. They're not Orthodox, right? And so what? What this whole movement is giving them is exactly. I, what the Listen, I, I, again, again, you know what? Not, you know what? It's not that Orthodox. Or now you're, you're missing. You're, you're really like miss. You're mischaracterizing my words. I don't agree with that word. They're not orthodox. Everybody's orthodox at whatever level they're orthodox. I'm not orthodox. Because I do the things... word you want to use. Show me how no. Yes, they are. They're more than you think. Much more than you think. There are many more people that are Shomei Halacha than you give them credit for. You know what no, I'm saying? I... They're, they're not. And, and so therefore, they want to find their religion in their own way. I don't think, I, I think that's not true. You'd be shocked at how many chilonim, and I'm with air quotes, put on tefillin every day. And how many chidoniyot go to the mikvah? And so therefore, to come along and say, well, they're lurking spirituality. I, I mean, that, that doesn't reply. One, is not, it's not habahatalia. I'm just saying, if they're finding their way to um, Ju- Judaism and God through Abin Nachman, I don't see that as hasul and, you know, parallel to early Christianity. Just, First of all, I'm quoting my son. I don't either. I don't either, but I'm not sure it's a positive development. I'm not sure it's leading them to God. I fear it might not. I, I think actually the other way around. I think sadly, institutionalized religions has led tens of thousands of people who go to shul every day to think they're talking to God and to kid themselves. And there are people, people in your neighborhood, because remember I used to live there and I... And, you know, oh, I, 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 I post right, about this on who, Facebook all the time and people trash me. I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. I, I'm, I totally agree with it. But then again, truth be told, I tried the Karabach, you know, happy minion thing. And that just becomes a religion of itself. That's not a self-expressive thing either. Separate, we need to separate all these different labels. Forget Karabach. And no, forget no, 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 I'm serious. The happy thing. I, I'm telling you, the people who lead those, these, the people who led the Karabach minion were the Hasidim. Were the, you know what I'm saying? They were those people who led it. I tried it because yeah, you know, I was looking you too. Know what? I, 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 used to, I, mean, I, I went, went once in a while when I lived there with Bobby, right? Yeah. But the point is, let's say this individual, I don't mention his surname, because, but he's a, an incredible, inspirational person, right? It's this person put in years of trying to, you know, uh, further nurture his soul. It, one expression was that is a Friday night service. But actually, he is firmly in column A in my list. Firmly. Totally. Exact definition. <laughs> He's the right. definition of but it. Correct. Bidiuk. Bidiuk, right? So then and, we agree. So we agree. But I'm saying the service is a, a mere expression of a much, much deeper pursuit of connecting to God personally through rich, profound So, Molly, if you really want to know, that's Makoch to me. Okay. That's Makoch. To teach children that it's not enough to just do the rote. It's not enough to just say the words. You have to have meaning and feeling as well. Right. To so, try to take the beauty of the chasidut and to teach children that the framework, and I would never raise with this. I feel, I, and I, I feel it missing in my life. I really do. But I feel like, 
I feel like I am stuck in this framework. I'm literally, I'm stuck in this mold and I can't break out of it. And I'm happy that my children, uh, my son is like, uh, we were talking about slichot and my son who went to the yeshiva, he's like, I don't, I don't say slichot. I don't do that. And I felt like jealous of him because I do go to slichot. I can't not say slichot, but I promise you that was not a religious experience at all. And anybody who got it to say slichot. And my neighbor went, he took his, like, my neighbor went to slichot. He went to Sephardi slichot. He's like, yeah, why wouldn't I go to Ashkenazi slichot? I'm like, I was like, you're not allowed to do that. You can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's against the rules. But maybe that's what you're talking about. Halavai, that that should be the Brezov Chasidut, the lesson of the Brezov Chasidut, to, to get out of your mold and find like a Dosh Baruch Hu in that way. I don't know if that's Brezov. I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. One thing I do want to add, and I'm, I'm sure Mali wants to add on this as well, is what was demonstrating in the series Rabbeinu is how Breslov has been a place where there's been equal access, as, as, as best as a, as a series described, of men and women to this growth culture of learning uh, and sharing and singing and, and, you know, pilgrimage and that kind of stuff. You see, in, in most Hasidut, the men take the lead and the women are just kind of there somewhere, right? Whereas in Breslov, there is almost, shall we call it, an equal opportunity for spiritual growth. It's quite rare and it's actually quite beautiful. And in the series, there are women who took other women to Uman and they said, this is my Hasidut and I've been able to own it. And there's something quite profound about that. And I don't think that's occurred in many other... Well, it may be because there's no Rebbe, because the Rebbe's not alive, there's no men. There's no, there's there's no the, tish. Could be. Precisely. Or that you create your Although own. Although, doesn't, it bother, you, doesn't it bother you that the Rebbe has been dead for 200 years? Doesn't that something say, speak to you in some way that's like, hmm, where do we know this happened before? Dangerous, not so good. I'm, I'm merely asking. Think, think, put your history hat on, Molly. Doesn't that say something? Um, listen. It depends on what you say about a Rebbe who died 200 years ago. Okay. My book, my office is lined with books of rabbis who are dead. No, Johnny, come on. No, no, no. He, he be, okay, but what, what, what are you going to say about Chabad, right? Are you going to say that, you know, there are people They who, just started. They, they, they've got, Breslov you know, has 190 them? years on them. Okay. Yeah. What I'm saying is, so far, I haven't seen a Messianic movement there that, that I think crosses the line of whatever word you want, you know. Um, in Breslov or in Chabad? Well, Breslov, <laughs> like that's the, another, that's the, another the, podcast. People who are extremely worried about Chabad, right? So I'm saying yeah. Breslov hasn't even gotten near where people are worried about in Chabad, right? They're not uh, saying. They're, all I can tell not, you is the is way that no way that I heard dead. people talk, the way that I heard people talk. This woman, these women talk. The Rebbe spoke to me. Now, Correct, like, and they're opening books. Really, the same like, like uh, have you been to Netivot? Red and how people speak about the Baba Sali? Listen, right. right. Which, Okay. It's the same thing. But okay, I want to say one other thing to you, Ruby, because I think it, it, I do want to validate you in the sense that I, I'm not, I think you're saying something very true, and I'm very aware of it. I think this whole neo-chasidut is a, is a double-edged sword, and I think you, you very eloquently pointed out, you're, you are pointing out the positives and the negatives. The positive here, whether it's in your column A or your column B, it doesn't matter to me. The, the positive here is that what's being created, um, certainly in Israel, is a new religious language that is very much about connection, that's very much about relationship, that's very much about a deep spirituality, and that's very much about an authentic connection to God, right? Right, so uh, maybe that's, by the way, maybe that's my answer. If, if that it really has, to what I started in the beginning, that if it really has infiltrated in our community in such a way that I'm asking myself, where's my relationship? What am I getting out of my davening when maybe 20 years ago or our parents never bothered to ask, ask that question? Right, so, exactly. you know, so maybe it's more than, so I'm more, saying, than I, more than I'm willing to see or willing right. to admit. So I'm saying there's something very, that's the positive side. But I also agree with you that there's a negative side. And the negative side is um, what keeps you on the straight and narrow when you're not feeling that religious experience? Again, I, I'm with, this is a quote that I once heard from, I won't say who because it's not fair, but she said, She's quite a um, well, well, miyuchas um, uh, religious person, and she said, "All oh, this, you know, you modern people, you expect a chavaya ruchanit all the time." She said, "We went to shul. If once in 365 days in shul I had a religious experience, I turned to a kadosh and I said, thank you for that religious experience.' Right? So you're going to say." The negative of that statement is, we should be having money, but you're shaking your head. That's not how religiosity should be. 
the same time, there was something very powerful about, you know what? You serve God also when you're not having a religious experience. And that was very much the message of Rabbi Mital. It was very much the message of Rabbi Lufthansa. Mm-hmm. And it's very much my message. And I think that if you take away the mechuyavut, you end up with something narcissistic. And I'll, I'll use that word narcissistic. And the danger of neo-chassidut, I think, is narcissism. And the danger of narcissism is, and this is what you were saying before. Wait, is, wait a second, sir. After an hour, you're now agreeing with I'm me? I'm telling you. I, I Nobody's listened agreeing. this far. This is like the, the, the Barbanel. They, they got halfway through. Spolt is crazy. Everybody hates him. And, and yeah, like, nobody I, got to the end. I'm 100% <laughs> agreeing with you. I, I, that's what I said. It's, it's, Neil Chassidut is not for me, right? It's not my way. It's not my Vodos Hashem. But what I'm saying is, I understand the need that it's answering, and I see the positive that, that it's giving. And to me, I think the answer is to find a middle path where you, you're able to hold two messages. One is the message of, and, and some people are trying to do this. It's not an easy so thing. I think the yeshivot that you refer to are, some yesh- are really trying, are really, really trying very, so I, very I, hard. Oh, oh, I give a, bl- a bracha to all the yeshivot that are trying to hold both those messages, right? Of, again, of um, objective truth within Judaism. And at the same time, incorporate the messages of Hasidut that, that, that we're all, or whatever you want to call it, the messages of Judaism that we're all starving for, which are connection, spirituality, feeling, um, serving God with emotion, serving God with love, serving God with, with whatever we're feeling in our moment, putting those two things together, listen, maybe that's the gula. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Bezat Hashem. All right, I want to thank Molly. Thank Johnny. I want to thank all of you who are still with us for listening. Um, we'd love getting your comments. Uh, please share with us. If you have topics that you want us to address, you'd like us to discuss, or guests that you'd like us to bring on, we're, we're strongly considering inviting guests if it works out and they want to join us. Uh, please let us know. Uh, we'd, be ha- we'd be very, very happy to hear from you. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. I did it already. Oh, uh, if you listen to this on iTunes, Give us a five-star rating because that's all they offer and it'll help us. Thanks very much. If it's a little worse, give us a five-star rating and then send us an email and we'll try to fix it. Um, we, we wish everybody a Gmar Tov, Chag Sameach. If you're living in Israel, stay home, daven in the street. If you're living in America, probably do the same thing. Uh, everyone should stay well and healthy in this place.